chapter eight of secret history revealed by lady peggy o'malley this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by john brandon secret history revealed by lady peggy o'malley by charles norris williamson and alice muriel williamson chapter eight we were still skirmishing on the outskirts of conversation what did i think of a soldier's out-of-door quarters why hadn't any one yet shown me the great sight the concentration camp when tony dalziel came hurrying up to take me back to his mother and the motor his arrival seemed to bring relief from strain it was like a brisk breeze blowing away the brooding clouds that stifle the atmosphere before a thunderstorm i dreaded to go and leave these two men together but when major van dyke suggested walking with us to the car and asking mrs dalziel about milly my heart felt lighter we stopped only long enough with eagle to arrange a visit to the concentration camp for next morning if milly were better and then van dyke tony and i started off for the first two or three minutes the major walked along in silence but when we were well out of sight of eagle march's tent he interrupted some sentence of tony's ruthlessly i don't think he was even aware that the other was speaking see here tony old man will you do me a favor he asked in the nicest manner there's a book in my tent i promised to give lady peggy to read aloud to miss dalziel a jolly good story i forgot to bring it out when i came and i don't want to go back now if i can help it because a party of boars are being shown round in that direction awful people i've escaped from you don't know them so they can't hurt you will you like a dear chap cut off and grab the book it's on the table you can't miss it purple cover tony obligingly cut and i waited breathless for what was to come knowing now without being told that sidney van dyke had seen the photograph he had not promised me a book nor mentioned one i had only a few seconds to wait it is true that your sister gave march the picture he has in his tent he demanded rather than asked i gasped doubtful whether it would be wise to bring things to a crisis or better to try and keep them simmering but an instant's reflection told me that to shilly-shally with the man in this mood would make what was already bad far worse yes she gave it to him of course i replied i think you must have overheard him say so i really didn't mean to put emphasis on the offending word but major van dyke suspected it perhaps the cap fitted i wasn't eavesdropping he said i happened to hear that's a very different thing from overhearing and i have a right to ask you as diana's sister diana herself not being on the spot to give me an explanation as i'm sure she would if she were here because i have the duplicate of that photo she told me she'd had it taken from me and the negative destroyed i considered it sacred i would have shown it to nobody i am nobody said i nobody except captain march's friend to whom he tells things he wouldn't tell to others he had the best of reasons to believe i was in diana's confidence as well as his 
and as for the photograph it's as sacred to him as it could be to you major vandyke you might realize that from the clever way he has thought of to hide it and no person who wasn't absolutely prying could have recognized it in passing by his tent he knew that very well or he wouldn't have uncovered the picture for even a second if you were a man you wouldn't dare say such a thing as that to me lady peggy oh yes i would i retorted if i were nearly as big as you i'm captain march's friend not yours and i'm not a bit afraid to be your enemy if you are his you are more loyal to your friend than to your own flesh and blood he flung at me if you say your sister did give that photograph to march you make her out a liar but i won't believe it of her i prefer to believe it of march instead liar is a strong word i temporized i was always taught that it was very rude too you're a flirt major vandyke everyone says that of you and i believe you're proud of it so you ought to have some sympathy with a fellow flirt like di if anyone must be blamed of course it's she not captain march he has as much right to accept a photograph from a girl as you have but you needn't be too angry with di if she made you believe that you were the only one when she was doing the same thing with captain march probably she didn't lie to either of you in so many words it's not necessary for you to defend lady diana to me i assure you returned major van dyke whatever she may have done i'm ready to forgive her if she's willing to stand by me but i won't have march swaggering around and boasting that she gives him special favors if i were a man you wouldn't dare say that i burst out when you talk about boasting or swaggering you must be judging him by yourself for you are always doing both he never i believe di likes him better than she does you because he's a sort of popular hero with his flying and you have nothing except your flirting and your fortune to recommend you to a girl if only i hadn't lost my head and thrown that taunt at him i suppose i shall never know how much difference or how little this mistake of mine made the instant the words were out i would have given anything to recall them but it was too late to apologize or try to explain would only do more harm i ventured one sidelong glance at major vandyke's face after i had shot that bolt and i quivered all over as i saw how the blood streamed darkly up to his forehead and swelled the veins at his temples if i hadn't been afraid of him for eagle whose superior officer he was i might have pitied him for the pain i had inflicted under which he could keep silence only by biting his lip i knew he was hating me violently but i didn't care a rap all i cared for just then 
was that he was heeding eagle march and counting on paying him out in some way i couldn't guess what i must warn eagle i said to myself and i could almost have kissed tony i was so glad to see him when he came back with the purple-covered book which nobody wanted major van dyke walked on with us to the motor as if nothing had happened but he was very silent letting tony and me talk undisturbed it was only after he had spoken in a dry mechanical way to mrs dalziel and the car was about to start that it caught his eyes there was a look in them as cold and deadly or i imagined it as deliberate murder i couldn't wait until next day to see eagle and tell him i hardly knew what but something to put him on his guard he had said that he was engaged to lunch with a man named donaldson at the hotel weldon and it occurred to me that i might reach him there by telephone at a little before one o'clock i called up the hotel and inquired if captain march had arrived to keep an appointment with mr donaldson the answer was yes and when i had given my name i was asked to hold the line for a few minutes until captain march should come to the telephone as i sat with the receiver at my ear waiting somebody began to speak in weird spanish or mex as i'd heard it nicknamed in el paso the telephone and i had never been intimate friends at home and i practically made its acquaintance since coming to america so i scarcely realized why and how i was hearing that voice is it someone trying to call to me i wondered stupidly who knows here except eagle that i speak spanish then gradually it dawned on me that i had tapped a conversation going on between persons with whom i had nothing to do their chatter could have no interest for me even if it were excusable to listen but i didn't drop the receiver lest i should miss captain march having been instructed to hold the line till he came couldn't help being vaguely pleased too that i had picked up enough spanish in my home studies to understand what was being said but suddenly my silly conceit was turned into horror i was overhearing that word which major van dyke had resented a plot between a pair of mexican servants to poison the american families who employed them two women were talking to each other rapidly earnestly in tones of such agitation as they hurried on that only for the first instant could i fancy a practical joke was being played you got the stuff safely yes then it has gone round among those who will do the work only a few have refused to come in 
those who eat will not die but all will be sick then the men cannot fight our men if they come across the river it is a very good plan to let us women help in our way yet above everything there must be no mistake it is for the noon meal on thursday but only if we are sure of an attack for that night we should be lost if we acted too soon i am the one to pass the word i'm telling one after another to wait until it comes from me by telephone or in some other way the words rattled off so fast that i could catch no more than half but i had seized enough to fill up the spaces for myself when the voices were cut off into silence an eagle march called hello is that you peggy yes i said i had something important to say to you but i've heard the most horrid talk going on over the telephone i'm afraid it may mean a real danger for el paso i daren't tell you about it on the wire do let me see you i must can you possibly take a taxi and rush over here now or shall i go to you i'll do that if you can't come to me i'll come to you of course answered eagle i'll excuse myself to donaldson and be with you in five minutes good in the hall i said i'll run down now and wait for you mrs dalziel and i were to lunch in milly's room to keep her company and tell her all the news but the meal wasn't due yet for half an hour so there was plenty of time before my hostess should come knocking at the door i had just found a quiet place in the corner of the big marble hall and annexed a sofa for two when i saw eagle walk in he was looking for me i beckoned and he came to me with long strides it would be hard to tell why but never had i loved him so much as at that moment i did not see how i was going to bear a whole long life without having him in it when he had sat down by my side i told him quickly what i had overheard and how the moment he had got the pith of the story he jumped up looked preoccupied and anxious i must go at once he said before the girls at the telephone exchange have time to forget the numbers of those who've called and been called up in the last twenty minutes or so we may be able to catch the ringleader in that way and get from her the names of every one in the plot if it's a genuine plot and i agree with you that it looks rather like it peggy your fad for studying languages and your quick wits may have saved el paso from something at the least unpleasant oh i hope so i cried and the women talked about some attack don't forget that no fear he almost laughed now i must go you may be asked some questions later on 
i hope you won't much mind i shook my head what does it matter but oh eagle i cannot let you go until i've told you what i rang you up for major vandyke saw di's picture and heard what we said and he's furious because it seems she gave him a photograph something like yours i don't quite know what he thinks but he's more angry with you than with her and i believe he'll try to get even with you in some way look out for him i will this time he laughed outright and i don't think he will be able to frighten me into giving up diana if she'll have me good-bye dear and thank you for everything with all my heart you're my good angel how i wish i could be i sighed but he heard neither sigh nor words he had hurried away and into his waiting taxi end of chapter eight recording by john brandon